Well, if I'm looking at the schedule right, this episode launches on the evening of Thanksgiving. So if that's the case, happy Thanksgiving evening to you. I hope your day was full of great fellowship and good food. Now we can push through the tryptophan haze together, and we can do it while talking about the solid meat of sound doctrine. It's a question that comes to us from Derek. Hello, Pastor John. Thank you for the podcast and for answering very hard Bible questions throughout the years. Here's mine. Is there an ideal mark of doctrinal maturity to reach in the Christian life that once a person has gotten settled on the basics of Christ's life and work, his death and resurrection, and the future of his return, then moves on from these foundational doctrines, leaving them behind, so to speak, and not returning to them and rethinking them over and over throughout the years? In other words, how do you, Pastor John, interpret Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 to 3? Well, it is certainly right that we not be constantly going back to the basics of our faith as if to dig up the roots to see if they're still alive. That's a good way to kill a plant. <laughs> right. And you don't constantly disassemble the foundation of your house to see if it's firm. That's a good way to bring the whole house down on your head. So that's the first thing to say. The second thing to say is no, there is no ideal mark of doctrinal maturity in the Christian life. The Bible does not speak in terms of an ideal level of doctrinal or moral or spiritual maturity having been reached. It, it speaks of minimal standards needing to be attained and then a lifelong constant pursuit of growth. So Ephesians 4 describes a kind of minimum knowledge and maturity growing up so that the saints aren't blown around like like leaves or like children being knocked off balance by every wind of doctrine that comes along. And then 2 Peter 3.18 says, grow, grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus. So the, the Bible doesn't talk in terms of an ideal level to be attained, it constantly presses us onward and upward into more and more discoveries of God's unsearchable riches. But um, I want to suggest to Derek maybe a significantly different way of understanding Hebrews 6, 1 to 3 than, than I sense he has. Uh, he's assuming that what the author tells us to leave behind is gospel basics. I don't think that's what the writer is referring to in verse 2. Let me read it and try to, try to show Derek and everybody else what I mean. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this will do if God permits. So, something is being left behind. That's clear. Literally, verse 1 says that we should leave behind the beginning of the doctrine of the word of Christ. And then he explains what he means in the words, not laying again a foundation. Now, what's that mean? What does, what does it mean not to lay again a foundation? 
And here's what I saw that shapes the way I understand this. A couple of verses earlier, chapter 5, verse 12, he says, By this time, you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. And as so often, just before discovery, I'm scratching my head saying, well, Mr. Hebrews writer, which is it? Chapter 6, verse 1 says, not to lay again a foundation. We are to leave the elementary or beginning things of the doctrine of Christ. And then verse 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 12 says, we need to be taught again the elementary things. Which is it? Should we leave them behind or should we be taught them again? Now, when, whenever I run into situations like that in the Bible, which I do regularly, um, I give the inspired author <laughs> totally the benefit of the doubt. So the, the, the issue is Piper's brain here, not, not the author. I'm assuming he's not contradicting himself, but knows exactly what he's saying, means what he's saying, and therefore um, what needs to be left behind— Verse 1 of chapter 6, and what needs to be rebuilt and taught again are two different things. So, what are they? What, what's the difference? Here's my take on uh, Hebrews 6, 1 to 2 that I think brings resolution to this apparent uh, conflict. What needs to be rebuilt and what needs to be moved beyond? I think the three pairs of doctrines in these two verses, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 6, are foundational Old Testament Jewish truths and practices that these Jewish Christians stood on, stood on as they embraced Christ. These were basic not to the essence of the gospel, but they were preliminary Old Testament truth. Here they are. Listen, listen to them. Pair, pair number one, repentance from dead works and faith toward God. Number two, instruction about washings and laying on of hands. Number three, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. All of these are common Old Testament beliefs or practices among the Jews, and when these readers were evangelized and converted, uh, these things, it seems to me, had been foundational as a way of helping them understand the work of Christ, but these are not the essence of Christ or of the gospel. They are a kind of beginning this is the place they started. Christ is the goal and fulfillment of these things. They're not the essence of the gospel. So when I read verse 1, that they should leave the word of the beginning of Christ, what I think it refers to is that they should stop circling back and occupying themselves so much with these pre-Christian foundational preparations of Christ that they neglect the glory of the gospel and how to use it to grow into maturity and holiness, which is what about, I mean, what uh, verses 12 to 14 of chapter 5 are all about. So, so chapter 5, verse 12 
is calling, saying, you need to learn to take the basics of the gospel, not those preliminary Jewish teachings, take the basics of the gospel and grow by them in moral and spiritual discernment. So to quote it exactly, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. So here's the gist. The gist of the passage is stop reworking the basic preliminary Old Testament foundational realities of of verses 1 and 2, but stand on them and press on into the realities of the gospel in such a way that you become mature, discerning Christians who can grow on the solid food of the whole counsel of God, as verse 14 of chapter 5 says, solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to to distinguish good from evil. That's what they need to be about. Start using the basic gospel truths in that practical way to grow in discernment and become mature and be able to eat meat. Very good. Thank you, Pastor John. And uh, on behalf of Pastor John and myself and the entire staff, the team at DesiringGod.org, we want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. And if you listen to this on the day after Thanksgiving, happy retrospective Thanksgiving to you. In either case, we are grateful to God for you and uh, grateful that you make us a part of your week. And many of you, I know, financially support DesiringGod.org thus making this podcast happen in the first place. And I want to thank God for you specifically. Thanks for your partnership in this work. And if you want to join the partnership by donating to the cause and thereby supporting this podcast and all the other work of Desiring God, you can always do that online at desiringgod.org forward slash donate. That's desiringgod.org forward slash donate. Well, we're going to return on Monday to talk about the Nashville Statement Uh, It was a document released back in August. Uh, A number of you will probably remember it. It was a statement on human sexuality that was signed by John Piper. And the question is over whether all the controversy that it stirred up, and it stirred up a ton of significant controversy online, was that online storm worth it in the end? Or do statements like this one simply damage the church's witness and culture? It's a big question. And I'll be asking John Piper that question on Monday. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday.